This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome to Dollars and Cents. I'm Elaine Scollin, along with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates. They're experts in helping you get out of debt. So we're talking about, and this is this feels, oh boy, this feels very scary to talk about this as even a possibility if you're in such a situation that you owe money and you're just trying to figure out next steps. The idea that creditors are asking that question, can creditors take my income if I don't pay? And how easy is it for a creditor to garnish wages or a bank account? And we've talked about this before, Blair, but I know in preparing for this, segment, you said something to me that it's different this year. It's different in 2022 than it was in 2021 or 2020 when it comes to uh, your employer or your debtor. Uh, I should say your debtor, not your employer, but your debtor sort of coming after you for money's owed. Can you talk about that right off the top? Oh, certainly, Elaine. Yeah. And what we had seen, you know, during COVID times, I think everyone is aware of this, the courts were closed. Um, CRA took a very big backseat in terms of collections. They were busy sending out, you know, new money for income supports, which everyone needed and, and was great. But that ceasefire was not going to learn to last forever. And the courts have reopened. So literally in the last two months, we've seen more wage garnishments than we've seen in the last two and a half years. So we have people that, you know, are phoning up completely distraught. They've gotten their paycheck and it's 70% of what it should have been, or they've had accounts frozen. And it's because now creditors, again, have essentially the hands on the weapons. They're able to go and do these court actions where they weren't able to do it for, you know, over a year or so during the darkest times of COVID. You know, this just wasn't a, a, wasn't a thing. You know, people didn't have to worry about losing their wages, but it's definitely coming back now with a vengeance. So it's something people need to be aware of what can happen and to know there are a lot of things you can do, um, you know, to hit back if this does happen to you. Okay, well, let's start right there. Uh, taking us through what can happen in a situation when someone isn't able to continue making payments on their debt. Like you said, there's all kinds of things uh, that can happen. So let's start there. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, in general, you'd anticipate if you miss payments, your creditor might charge you some fees for defaulting. They might report to your credit bureau, and, you know, that's generally going going to happen. But a couple things that can also happen, they might increase your interest rate. So sometimes you've got a promotional interest rate or a preferred rate. As soon as you start to miss payments, that suddenly can skyrocket, make it even tougher for you to get on top of things. Uh, when you start to miss payments, often they'll start to send your account to a collection agency. So usually the first two or three months, It'll be in-house. They'll be relatively friendly, trying to keep you as a good customer relationship. But after about three months, they're often either selling the debt off or contracting the third parties um, who definitely take a much harder tack and will start to threaten um, things like legal action. Um, You know, oftentimes the threats they don't follow through on. But again, more and more that I'm seeing is creditors are following through and are taking action. And if they do take legal action, it could result in two things. It could be both or one or the other. But one is wage guard. 
garnishment, which we've alluded to a little bit, and this is where a portion of your wages will go to your creditor, the person that you owe money to, until the debt is repaid. There could be fees, penalties, interest, even the legal cost of the creditor going to court and getting this order against you. That could be added to the total amount that you had to pay. So they could either seize your wages and or they could seize assets. So a creditor might be given permission to take an asset like a vehicle or register a charge against your home or take money in your bank account uh, if you're defaulting on your debts. Uh, you know, definitely when you're starting to have your assets seized, that's the most drastic situation um, you could be facing, and that's when you really do need to get some good advice. You know, usually it doesn't go from zero to a hundred of legal action right overnight. Usually there's periods of time where you're getting the collection calls, you're receiving the threats. You can usually see these things coming, but if you ignore things, if you stop answering the phone or stop opening the mail, um, you know, it's quite possible you can end up with a seizure action against you without much notice to you. And you've also got to be a little bit careful, too. If you don't get that good advice in the right moment, um, you might be pushed into some options that just aren't really good for you. You know, a collection agent might say, well, we're going to be taking your wages tomorrow unless you agree, you know, to go and borrow a bunch of money to pay us off, essentially shifting the debt problem around, or unless you agree to cash in some assets like your RRSPs. So sometimes the threat of this legal action and people not understanding exactly, you know, the steps that have to be gone through, um, that can just scare folks into doing things that aren't in their best interest to try to deal with the debt situation and make it go away. I have two things there. Don't stop opening your mail. I know that that's a very human kind of thing to do. It's just, okay, if I don't open it, it doesn't actually exist. And and that's just such a bad, bad thing to do. So please don't. And I also would think that that would be a great indicator, Blair, that you need to get some help. You need to talk to somebody from Sands and Associates to take the best next step if that's the kind of situation you're in. Well, absolutely, Elaine. You know, year in, year out, as we study our client base, you know, the number one warning sign is just people feel stressed. And the reason you stop opening your mail is because you just feel stressed when you open it up. You know it's not good news, so you try to avoid it. So it's really not one of these, you know, sophisticated, crazy warning signs. It's if you feel like you have a debt problem, if you feel like you have stress when you think about your finances, there's probably something there, and you'd benefit from having a good discussion with a professional. And don't automatically think that, well, if if I don't cash in my RRSPs right now, I'm going to have to do it eventually anyway, so why don't I just do that? And you've talked about that lots of times. It's just That's just not the best thing to do. Oh, it's usually the worst possible thing you can do. So anybody that's about to cash in RRSPs to pay debt, please stop. Think twice, call us, we'll talk to you about how this is a protected asset. Folks can go through even a bankruptcy proceeding and come out the other side with 100% of their RRSPs intact. Of course, if you choose to cash them in, well, they're gone at that point. So it really is a huge um, you know, night and day difference. Yeah. So give them a call, Sands & Associates. Their phone number again, 1-800-661-3030. Check out their website. It's just chock-a-block full of great information. And the, that, ad, that website address is sands-trustee.com. So, Blair, do creditors actually start seizing your wages if you don't pay your debt? I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know if I want to hear that answer, but I have a feeling, I have a feeling they can. Yeah, the short answer is yes. Um, you know, there are a number of steps that are involved, so it's not the case, you know, you default on a payment yesterday and your wages will be seized tomorrow. It, it takes time, and usually there's a lot of threats involved first, 
but it is possible on, on consumer debt. So, you know, we talk about wage garnishment. Sometimes it's called a garnishee or a wage assignment or an attachment, uh, but it can be done by any creditor, anybody that you owe money to, as long as they follow the necessary processes. And that varies a little bit depending on who the creditor is. So if it's an individual creditor, like a bank, a credit card company, or a collection agency, um, you know, they have to avail themselves of the court system. I'll take you through those processes in a second. Uh, but for Canada Revenue Agency, and this could be amounts for taxpayer debt, income taxes, GST, payroll deductions, student loans, EI overpayments, you know, everything like that, with CRA, they can actually shortcut the court proceeding altogether. They don't have to apply to court. Um, they can act relatively quickly to seize wages. But as I alluded to earlier, CRA has really slowed down, especially during the pandemic. So the actions that I'm seeing now are exclusively creditor-driven um, through the court system. I would expect when CRA starts to ramp up their collection activities and do, doing wage seizures, you know, that'll be just another shock to individuals because it's been about over two years um, of them not pursuing any wage seizures, at least that we've seen. So in terms of, of what creditors have to do. So if it's not CRA, if it's, say, you know, a bank credit card, a line of credit, or even a personal debt, uh, they have to apply to court, and all that costs money. It's at the creditor's expense. They have to get two orders for a wage garnishment. So first step is they have to get a court judgment against you that confirms that you owe the creditor the debt. So you have to be served with these documents. You've got 21 days to respond. You know, they have to try to find you, and if they can't find you, they can, you know, reasonably take some steps and then proceed anyway. Uh, but but the first step is just them getting the court to agree, yes, this is a valid debt. Uh, and typically, if it's, you know, a debt that you incurred, honestly, it's not, you know, due to fraud, you understand that you owe the money, you know, that action is just going to happen. They're going to be able to get that order. Uh, once they have that judgment against you, the second thing they need to do is get what's called a garnishing order. Uh, and that allows them uh, to basically give it to your payroll department to say, here's a garnishing order from the court, and it directs the payroll department to withhold funds uh, and pay them into the court in instead, and then the creditor has the ability to apply to court to receive that money from your paycheck. So it sounds convoluted. It is convoluted. Uh, it costs money from the creditors um, you know, to do it, but you can tell they would only do it if they believe they're going to be actually actually able to get some money back. So typically the individuals that are you know job-to-job -job or paycheck-to-paycheck, -paycheck, um, they don't get garnished a whole lot because the creditor might spend a whole lot of money on getting a garnishing order, and then the person might just quit their job or move on. But folks who have long-term employment, often unionized or public sector workers, they're prime targets to have their wages garnished because generally the creditors know if they spend the money on legal costs, the person's not going to leave their employment. And unless they seek the help from a trustee, they're probably going to be able to, to proceed with this garnishment for quite some time. It, can we talk about how much of a person's in, income a creditor is allowed to take? Because I don't know the, that answer. Yeah, it varies from province to province, and in BC, the limit is 30% of your net income may be garnished. So that's what I generally, the first phone calls we get, people are saying, yeah, it was about a third of my paycheck that's gone. I'm like, yep, that's, that's typically in line with what we would expect. Now, there are some exceptions to this. Um, if it's Canada Revenue Agency debt, those limits don't apply, and they also don't apply to Family Maintenance Enforcement Program, or FMEP, and this is if you have arrears of child support or spousal support. Um, those amounts so they could be garnished at up to 100%, um, and also amounts earned through self-employment could be seized at up to 100%. Uh, you know, the good news in most cases is that people on fixed incomes like a CPP, OAS, uh, GIS, employment insurance, or social assistant, 
assistance. In general, those wages are considered exempt, except if there's amounts owing to Canada Revenue Agency. I have seen them seize up to 100% of someone's pension income, and you kind of wonder what do they expect the person to do, but they're within their rights to, to do so from CRA's perspective uh, or from FMEP for child or family support. So in most cases, it's 30%, but it could be up to 100% depending on the type of the debt and the circumstances around it. Got it. And I guess in closing on this segment, uh, because it feels pretty awful. I mean, we haven't really talked about the the best going solutions, but I do want to focus on the fact that folks, so easy for them to feel they're completely alone in this when in fact they are not. Yeah, two things to take away, Elaine. They're not alone, and there absolutely is a solution. So I want to spend a lot of time explaining on how a garnishee can happen, but how a garnishee can be stopped is remarkably straightforward. You come to see a licensed insolvency trustee. The day that you file a consumer proposal is the day I can advise the employer they never have to submit another garnishee. If a personal bankruptcy is the better option, it gives that same protection. So only a licensed insolvency trustee can stop this court proceeding dead in its tracks, can get you back your wages, stop them from being taken in the future. So it's just so important that you get that that advice at the right time. You know, you could decide, you know, to fight this in court, to go to the judge and say, you know, well, 30% is too high, I won't be able to live, and maybe they'd be able to reduce it a little bit. But typically, your better option is to actually deal with the entire debt situation, sit down with a trustee and let us use the power that we have to stop you from this terrible wage garnishment situation. Here's the phone number, 1-800-661-3030, to sit down with somebody from Sands and Associates and stop this kind of action. Check out their website as well, sands-trustee.com. We're going to talk about eight things you should know about professional debt help services. Key facts that every consumer should know about professional debt help services. So from qualifications to costs, programs to regulations, the whole gamut, before you commit to getting professional help managed, Managing your debt, it's really important to understand the basics of, about debt services that are available. And of course, Blair Manton's going to walk us through some of the advantages of getting expert advice and some of the pitfalls to be aware of. So Blair, in laying out the essentials of professional debt help for British Columbians, what's the top fact, the number one fact that you think every consumer needs to know? Well, thank you, Elena. Without a doubt, it's just the fact that there's only one regulated and qualified debt help professional in Canada, and that's a licensed insolvency trustee. So it's a very unique designation. We're the only professional regulated, endorsed, and authorized by the federal government to actually give people a legal solution to their debt. There's less than a thousand trustees in Canada. That's a pretty, um, you know, difficult designation to get. But if you're having a debt problem, you know, a trustee is the only regulated solution that can help you out. Um, you know, we do provide services like bankruptcies and proposals, but the main thing that we spend our time doing is just helping people understand their options, understand the legal landscape, their rights, their responsibilities, what creditor threats have meaning and you need to address, what creditor threats are just trying to intimidate you and nothing you need to worry about. All of those insights you're going to get when you deal with a licensed insolvency trustee. So the number one insight is just to understand there's not five or ten different professionals you need to choose from. There's one who has the power to actually help you. That's such a great, uh, great thing to mention and to start it off with. The the second one I think is it should be concerning to people. It certainly was to me when I first realized that debt repayment programs or plans are not are not widely regulated, and that's probably the biggest difference between what a, a licensed insolvency trustee does and and everybody else. 
Exactly, Elaine. So um, it is the case that something like credit counseling, debt settlement, debt reduction, debt pooling, all of these are terms that you may have heard, probably credit counseling more than anything else, uh, but there's no set regulations. Um, there's really no criteria for someone to call themselves one of these professionals. And if you have issues, there's not a regulator that you can really go to across the country to help you if an informal debt repayment off, uh, professional has, has done something that you don't think was appropriate. So in BC, Consumer Protection BC, uh, they license debt collection and debt repayment businesses. So if someone charges a fee in BC, um, they are subject to Consumer Protection BC, but there's huge gaps in that regulation. And the biggest thing that I've seen is it only applies to companies that are based in BC. And if you look online for debt help, you'll find a ton of companies. Very few are actually based in BC. Very few are subject to any regulation. If they're not based inside of BC, they're not regulated federally because only trustees are. It's essentially a bit of the Wild West when you're dealing with an informal debt advisor. Now, you just mentioned credit counselors when you started that second fact. Um, you said some of them have special training, but not all of them get special training or have special training to do the work? Yeah, the, the credit counselor is definitely the most popular of, you know, an informal debt repayment agent. And it's definitely, it's a powerful term because if you think about it, yeah, I'm concerned about my credit. I'd like some counseling. Those terms sound good. But the thing is, there's no legal requirement on who is a credit counselor and who isn't. Anybody could open up business tomorrow, call themselves a credit counselor, and you have no idea what their qualifications, their resources, their expertise, or what they're actually going to be able to get you a result. Um, so you need to be careful if you're looking um, towards a credit counselor. Some of them might look like they're accredited. There's various associations associations, but they're all self, self-governed self associations. So it's just a bunch of the organizations that got together and said, yeah, we'll, we'll certify our own counselors. So just be aware, if you're dealing with a trustee, for example, you've got someone that went through a rigorous course of study, has a license from the government, they're very protective of and wants to do everything correct. Uh, if you're dealing with a credit counselor, you might have someone that's very reputable, very experienced, very ethical, but there's not that guarantee. There's not that requirement that before they can say that they are a credit counselor, they have to satisfy X, Y, Z. It's no, anybody tomorrow could call themselves a credit counselor and could really have an impact on someone in a tough financial situation if they don't understand that there really doesn't have to be anything behind that term. Got it. I just want to add to at this point, if you already know, listening to this, that you need to take some action and get some help, uh, SANS and Associates is the place to go, no doubt about it. This is the website, sans-trustee.com. Uh, the webs, uh, the uh, phone number, 1-800-661-3030. So, Blair, we talked about, we're talking about facts you need to know. Uh, can we go through some of the must-know facts around the solutions that consumers may have to help manage their debt? Yeah, what I'm so excited about today's segment, Elaine, I think we're doing you know, a broad survey of the main things folks need to know, and then folks can you know, obviously dive deeper. But I think a couple of things people need to know is there's two different legal options for debt management or debt forgiveness. Uh, full debt forgiveness is possible by filing for personal bankruptcy, and a lot of people tend to understand that concept, that if you go into bankruptcy, uh, you essentially get absolved from your debt. Most people think you also lose all of your assets, which is not correct, and you know we went into that in a lot of detail, and we'll go into that in the future, but a lot of people understand bankruptcy will give you full debt forgiveness, but a lot of folks don't realize there's a second option uh, that's codified in the same legislation. It gives you the same 
protection as a bankruptcy would. So it stops your creditors from pursuing you. It stops a wage garnishment or a bank account hold. It stops all of your debts from accruing interest. And it allows you to repay what you're actually able to afford to repay, which is usually not 100% of the debt. It's usually in the range of maybe 20 to 30 cents on the dollar, maybe 35, something along those lines. And that's called a consumer proposal. So if someone's listening and they've never heard of a consumer proposal before, and they thought bankruptcy was their only option, well, it's a victory for today if that person goes and you know starts Googling consumer proposal. But I always say it's the best debt solution you might never have heard of. And from our experience, it's life-changing. When people thought they had no other options other than a bankruptcy and were pretty depressed about that, to give them the ability to make a settlement on their debts, avoid a bankruptcy, but still get all that protection, you know, it's usually something that's just very attractive and something people need to know if they're struggling with debt, but there's not only one option to deal with it. There are, are actually two solid legislated options. The number five fact, it is possible to get virtually all types of debt forgiven. And I think that may be a surprise to people if they haven't done any work and research. Yeah, I've been meeting with, with clients for coming up on 13, 14 years now, and it's still not a, a couple of weeks go by before someone says, you know, I understand you guys can help with credit card debt, uh, but I've got this amount owing to the government, too. I've got to deal with that on my own, right? I'm like, no. No, definitely not. So when you're dealing with a licensed insolvency trustee, just about any debt that you've incurred is possible to either compromise in a proposal or have forgiven in a bankruptcy. So things like credit cards, lines of credit, you know, most people payday loans, most people would assume that, but also amounts owing to the government, like income tax, GST, student loans, even ICBC debt, it is absolutely possible to consolidate and compromise those debts in a consumer proposal or to eliminate those debts in a personal bankruptcy. And what's incredibly important to know is that only a licensed insolvency trustee can deal with any government debt. So if you're dealing with an informal debt agent or a credit counselor, they might say, oh yeah, we'll solve your problem. That means they'll solve your problem without considering that the government might also be your problem and you won't get a complete solution. You know, government will not deal with anybody unless it's a licensed insolvency trustee. What about government-sponsored debt programs that we've hear, we hear about? Yeah, that, that's a case of something we've seen advertised a lot. You know, there's a new government program that's out. If you owe more than $10,000, I've heard these radio ads for years. I see, you know, the various Google ads, and it's all just smoke and mirrors. There are literally no government-sponsored debt programs. So there's no government funding that suddenly said, you know, we want to help people with their debt. Here's this new program. So if you're being sold that type of a solution, it just really doesn't exist. You're buying something different there, which is probably not something that you need. Um, the only legal options that exist, as we've talked about, are consumer proposals and bankruptcy. Beyond that, there's no government programs that are targeted to get people out of debt. Okay. And as we're counting down in this segment, what are the last two facts about professional debt help service that you want to leave us with? Because, And they're pretty big, important ones to mention. Well, I think the really important ones are seven. I'm really happy we're going to get through all eight today because sometimes we go a little bit long. Uh, I know, you know, me too. You're, yeah, you're, you're going to get free debt advice when you connect with a licensed insolvency trustee in your province. And now most of us are, are listening within BC, so Sands and Associates serves the entire province. Uh, if you're listening outside of BC, you can find a list of licensed insolvency trustees by visiting the Office of the Superintendent of Bankruptcy Canada website. So if you just type in Superintendent of Bankruptcy into Google, you'll find what you need to do. But it's really important to know, too, you don't need a referral. You never need to pay a fee. Every trustee I've ever been aware of in Canada, 
and certainly at Sands and Associates offers a free confidential consultation to discuss all of your financial options. There's no obligation to ever proceed. Um, there's no case where you disclose something to us and we run and tell everybody else. It's confidential. It's a safe zone for you to just talk through the issues there. And if you do end up going forward, um, the trustee, all the fees are set by the government. It sometimes breaks my heart when people have spent you know thousands of dollars just to get a referral to a trustee where they could have had that great meeting right from the start. They didn't need a middleman there. Excellent. And um, do you want to mention anything else before we go to number eight on this? I think let's go to number eight. Okay, good. Which is, number eight, you deserve to live with dignity and without the overwhelming stress of debt. So I want people to understand, you know, it's not a natural state to be stressed out, to be overwhelmed with debt, to not know where to turn. So a lot of folks, they're just really unsure about whether they should get professional help with their debt. And sometimes they just think they don't deserve to get out of this situation because they feel, you know, they've gotten themselves into it due to their own, you know, oversights or overspending or things like that. Usually when you peel back the layers of the onion, you find out there's just a ton of circumstances that conspired all at once to put this person in a tough position. So you should reach out for debt help if you think you might have a debt problem. And that might be a bit counterintuitive, but just about everyone that we've met with before they said, why did I wait so long? No one has regretted having an initial consultation with me. I've had so many people regretted. My gosh, I've suffered for a year, two years, five years. I've flailed about. I've put myself through so much, my family through so much. So coming to that meeting, if you even think you have a debt problem, you're at least going to learn something in that meeting and be able to help others in your life. If you don't need our help, dollars to donuts, somebody in your life is going to struggle with debt at some point, and wouldn't it be great to be that resource for them, that person, giving them a, a little bit of insight, a little bit of you know shelter from the storm. Uh, even come in for a meeting if you're just looking for options to manage your debt more effectively. You think, okay, there's no scenario I need to go into a bankruptcy, but I'm making minimum payments all the time. Maybe there's a better way for me to come at this. Uh, and of course, if you're experiencing debt stress or escalating creditor action, that's usually what drives people through our doors is when the creditor have harassed them, intimidated them, maybe started to take them to court or seize wages. You know, those are the folks that really need help uh, urgently at that point. But I encourage everyone listening not to wait until it gets to that part because that's an incredibly stressful state to be in where things are coming at you from all sides. Reaching out for help early is always your best option. Always your best option. And and just a reminder to know that you're not alone in this. There's lots of folks who are struggling uh, and you, you're in good company, believe me. Uh, and if you're feeling ready to get started with a debt-free plan, book your free confidential consultation with a non-judgmental Sands & Associates debt help expert today. Visit sands-trustee.com or give them a call at 1-800-661-3030. I'm going to talk about building credit history after a consumer proposal or you filed for personal bankruptcy. We're going to learn about establishing a positive credit history and score after that financial fresh start that we've learned so much about, as well as reset uh, after a consumer proposal or bankruptcy. So if you're considering debt management options but worried about long-term or even permanent damage to your credit history, Blair Manton's going to tell us all about it and explain the impact of common debt resolution options and the steps that we can take to build a credit history. So Blair, before we dig into the tips on how folks can build up their credit score after debt, can you give us a bit of information on how credit history and a credit score work if we don't know already? 
Well, certainly, Elaine. And it, this is something that just about everyone that I speak to when they're talking about their debt, they're always concerned, well, what's the impact of my, on my credit score, on my credit history? And we've been really conditioned to look at this as a great indicator of our financial health and quite often financial health. And quite often, it's not indicating that you're financially healthy. It's just indicating that you're quite a profitable consumer for the bank. So what we need to understand with credit scores and credit history is that they were originally designed not as something that would be consumer-facing, not as a number that you're going to chase or even know about. They were designed by the bank so that they can segment their customers and know which customers are essentially paying the highest interest charges, paying their debts back you know, on a reliable basis or not, and then the bank can make better decisions. But what's interesting is sometimes the things that are best for you personally, best for your cash flow and your budget, are actually bad for your credit score. And sometimes what's great for your bank and your credit score is not really that good for your personal finances. So we're going to talk a little bit about that as we get further into the topic. But in terms of just some general information, so your credit score, it's a numerical value, and it typically ranges from a low of about 300 to a high of 900. So if you've heard people say, hey, my credit's 800, well, yeah, that, that's definitely pretty good. You generally don't hear people saying, hey, my credit's 350. If they know that, they're generally not talking too much about it. Uh, but what's interesting, too, is that actual credit score, you're never going to know exactly what it is because it's calculated at a point in time by each lender specifically using all of their different methods of putting a bunch of information together. So when you go online, you say, you know, get your free credit score or pay a little bit for a credit score, you're getting something that, you know, might be directionally accurate, but it could be off by, you know, a number of points, a significant number of points, if the lender that you're actually looking to borrow from uses the, the math in a different way. Uh, what your banks and lenders do, along with the credit score, um, is they also look at a credit report. And a credit report is essentially a record of your credit history. So it includes your personal information, details about each debt, how long you've had the accounts, uh, what's the balance, and what's the payment history. And what folks, I think, are generally aware of, but, but your credit score and your credit history, they can change every single month because typically every month, that's when your lenders, like a credit card company or you know contracts that you have, like a cell phone, uh, they're reporting either positive payments or delinquent payments. Also, new accounts opened, old accounts canceled, or even if people have made inquiries, if you're shopping around with different lenders and they're checking your credit score, that's also noted on your credit report. So to find out your credit score, again, I've said it, it's, you can just basically get a directional indication. Um, you can do that with either of the two large credit bureaus of Equifax or TransUnion. That's also where you can get your credit report, which you know can often run at least a few pages, sometimes 10, even 20 pages. And that's going to be you know the long-term record um, of your history of use of credit. And I want to throw in here the idea that if you've already been listening to Blair and, and us talk about credit history and credit score and you've still got debt and you don't know what to do and you already know that you need to do something, the very best thing you can do is get a hold of Sands and Associates and talk to them about your situation and see if there isn't something that you can do proactively or if you need to step back and take action, whatever avenue it is, give them a call if you're sure about next steps. Uh, it's easy. The number is 1-800-661-3030 or check their website at sands-trustee.com. So consumer proposals, personal bankruptcy, Blair, something we always talk about. What's the? Can you explain what the impact of something like a proposal, consumer proposal, or bankruptcy does to a credit history and the person's ability to borrow? I guess we're talking about after debt. Uh, what, what kind of impact that has? 
Well, I think that's a huge insight that I'd like people to, to hopefully take away is that nothing is permanent when it comes to your credit score. So everything does transition, you know, even a, a consumer proposal or a personal bankruptcy, they're not going to be there for the rest of your life. So when I see sometimes financial experts in the media say, you know, bankruptcy is lifelong consequences, well, it, bankruptcy disappears off your credit six years after you finished it. So most people, they finish a bankruptcy in nine months, six years after that, it's like it never happened. It's not showing up on any credit bureaus. Um, and most of the time, people can rebuild their credit much sooner than the time it takes for a bankruptcy to drop off of, of a credit report. Quite often, people can get, get new mortgages established, have credit cards, um, you know, finance vehicles in as little as two to three years after they've restructured their debts. So when you sit down with someone, you say, you know, if you keep doing what you're doing, we'll be paying this debt off for 30 years. Your credit might look great. Um, if we file either a bankruptcy or a proposal, a deal with the debt much more quickly, and then you focus on rebuilding your credit, it's often just two to three years of credit rebuilding is all that it's going to take to get you back to probably a better credit score or credit rating than you had before. So as I mentioned, a, a personal bankruptcy, it's going to drop off your credit report six years after it's finished. A consumer proposal, which we talk about a ton and just very quickly, that's where you consolidate all of your debt together, you freeze all the interest charges and you pay back what you can afford to repay. It's usually a lot less than the full amount. It's often, you know, 20 to 30 cents on the dollar. Um, that type of a proposal drops off the earlier of six years from the day that you sign it or three years from when it's paid off. So a lot of proposals are over a five-year term. So by the time you finish paying your proposal, literally 12 months after that, it's gone off your bureau like it never happened. Um, and you can, again, start rebuilding your credit at any point during those proceedings. You don't need to wait until either a bankruptcy or a proposal has disappeared from your credit report. Can we talk a little bit about how can somebody, uh, just a regular consumer, get to the point of understanding what the best debt approach is for their situation? Because there are more than just a consumer proposal or bankruptcy. There's all kinds of different things that you can do, one can do. Uh, of course, we talk about the consumer proposal and bankruptcy as, as two of one of the, well, the, the better of all the options for so many reasons. But is there ways for somebody to really understand the best debt approach to take? Yeah, the, you know, the best way, Elaine, is just to reach out for help even well before you think your situation is dire. So we have just a ton of meetings these days with folks who just need a little bit of coaching, a little few questions answered to understand, you know, what they're facing and what their options are. So when you reach out to somebody like Sands and Associates, we're going to help you assess your current situation, understand your goals, and then address your questions and concerns. And it's often the case that people have, you know, fragments of information that have kind of held in their, in their mind, and they're not all always correct. Uh, and sometimes they're basing, um, you know, some of their bigger financial decisions in life, things like not dealing with their debt, because they're worried they'll never be able to get a mortgage if they ever file a bankruptcy. And as soon as we can dispel some of those myths, you know, people tend to, to feel a whole lot better. So anytime you sit down with Sands and Associates, the free confidential meeting, we'll talk through all of the options. And if you do decide to restructure your debts, we take you through some very detailed financial counseling. Well, we've got YouTube videos that talk about how to rebuild your credit. We've got a whole five-step plan to get you there. But what I want people to take away is that essentially nothing is a life sentence when it comes to a credit rating. And preserving a high credit rating at the expense of not paying off your debt is never a good financial strategy to follow. It's much better uh, oftentimes to take the hit in the short term, restructure the debts, and you can rebuild far quickly than probably you thought possible. 
And uh, something that Sands and Associates offers, it's not just the data and the information and the forms and the documents, but also there's some very specific counseling that accompanies uh, this process. Yeah, there, there's two, two counseling sessions that folks have to sit down with us for, and generally I say have to, but it's a huge benefit. People get a lot of value out of it. And during the second one, we talk about exactly how you're going to rebuild your credit, so everything from making sure your proceeding is finished up to date, making sure the report is accurate. We talked to you about getting new credit, as weird as that sounds. We don't want to encourage people to go further into debt, but if you want to rebuild your credit bureau, you do have some good steps to follow to get new credit. We take you through all of that when you sit down with us. If you're wanting more information, very easy to do. Give Sands & Associates a phone call, 1-800-661-3030, and get that first appointment and sit down and talk about your situation. Or you can also check out their website, sands-trustee.com. Lots of good information there, and you can still make an appointment through there. We're going to learn about how much bankruptcy can cost a person, the costs in filing for bankruptcy, as well as Canada's top bankruptcy alternative. Uh, Blair's going to, uh, Blair, of course, from Sands & Associates, BC's largest firm of licensed insolvency trustees, is going to break down the cost of declaring bankruptcy, as well as that unique consolidation alternative with no added costs. Um, and we often mention, Blair, that licensed insolvency trustees are government qualified professionals uh, that debt and that debt consultations are free. Can you walk us through what's involved in starting the process of working with an LIT? Uh, it's so important and, and boy, oh boy, can be a real godsend for folks that are, are really struggling right now. Well, definitely, Elaine. You know, the, I often say the hardest part of working with a trustee is just having the courage to make that first call, because it is a call into the unknown, and quite often people are worried about being judged or feeling ashamed about their situation. But when you reach out for help, you know you're dealing with someone that's got the professional ability um, and, you know, the empathy and the desire to really help you get out of a tough situation. Uh, you know, one thing that we really want as trustees at Sands and Associates is for everyone to understand all of their options and then make a clear-eyed decision on how they can move forward. So that goes for all the solutions that are out there and for the solutions that we can provide, a, per a personal bankruptcy or a consumer proposal. You know, what people should take away is that there's only one government-regulated and endorsed debt health professional. So it's only a licensed insolvency trustee has the backing of the Canadian government to implement Canadian law to help you deal with a tough debt situation. Um, trustees are legally authorized to assist people in managing and resolving virtually all types of consumer debts, including government debt, and only a trustee can help with government debt, as well as debts that might be related to business operations or, um, you know, debts that you've co-signed, really just about anything under the sun. And it's so important that people get reliable and trustworthy debt advice. So an LIT, a licensed insolvency trustee, is going to help you through the challenges we you're facing. It could be things like giving you some general debt advice, answering your questions about specific creditors. It could be assessing your personal or your business financial situation. You know, is this business still viable? Should I continue to inject money or not at this point? Uh, a trustee is going to help explain all the debt management options available to you, the pros and cons of each. Um, and then if you do decide to move forward, a trustee can prepare and file all the legal documents that you need to execute. Uh, what's really great is the first step with a trustee, it's might be tough to pick up the phone, but it doesn't cost you anything. It's a free, confidential meeting with a very qualified person. You don't need any referrals. You don't have to have a certain credit rating uh, or put anything up front. You just need to reach out directly to have that first conversation. 
And then, of course, after sitting with an LIT, a licensed insolvency trustee, you actually get to move forward and can move forward and create a bit of a path to do that. Uh, I can't, I can't stress enough that it's such a good phone call to make. It's 1-800-661-3030. Check out their website, sands-trustee.com. If, uh, if you feel like, if you feel like you need some help with this, uh, more than likely you do. And, uh, and that's the best course of action is 1-800-661-3030. Website again, sands-trustee.com. Blair, what are the kinds of costs or fees that are charged if a person decides to either pursue a bankruptcy or a consumer proposal when working with uh, someone like yourself, a licensed insolvency trustee? Yeah, it's a great question, Elaine. And, you know, one of the key principles when you're dealing with a trustee is transparency. So we know people are nervous if they're dealing with a debt situation. They don't want to have, you know, hidden fees or things that are unanticipated or things you suddenly will get a bill for. But when you're dealing with a trustee, everything is set by a government-regulated tariff. So you know exactly what things are going to cost you before you ever get into a proceeding. And trustees don't set their own costs. It isn't a case where there's a fee for service. And if you phone the trustee, you're going to be clicking go on this time clock and we're going to bill you for whatever percentage of an hour it was that we spent on the phone with you like a lawyer. It's nothing like that. So when you deal with the trustee, uh, the questions that you might have, the support that you need, everything is included in whatever fees you might be required to pay. And then once the administration is concluded, there's a document prepared called a statement of receipts and disbursements. And it's just like what it sounds like, it's a statement that shows all the money that was received in either a bankruptcy or a proposal and where that money was dispersed. So how much went to pay back the debts, how much was retained by the trustee for cost of administration, how much went for filing fees, counseling fees, so on and so forth. And before the trustee is able to receive any fees for their services, their regulator, my regulator, the superintendent of bankruptcy, has to sign off on that statement of receipts and disbursement. So it's very transparent. Uh, it's something you can see all the way along and see very much up front what you'll actually have to pay. Uh, in terms of what individuals actually have to pay, in most cases, if you're doing a personal bankruptcy with SANS and Associates, the vast majority of individuals that file for bankruptcy are low income. They don't pay a percentage of their income. They just pay the cost of administration of the bankruptcy, and that's fixed at a rate of $2,300, which is normally payable in monthly payments over the nine-month period of the bankruptcy. So most people think that bankruptcy is going to last for six or seven years and might, might cost them huge amounts of money for the vast majority of cases for those that file for bankruptcy. If you're low income, you're required to pay $2,300 over the nine-month period, and that's all that you have to pay. It's inclusive of all costs, uh, all support from the trustee, counseling fees, filing fees, taxes, so on and so forth. Uh, and the trustee during the course of the bankruptcy is going to be contacting all of your creditors, making sure all the claims are administered correctly, uh, prepare your tax returns, uh, deal with all the government filings, GST that's required, and really get you that fresh financial start. Cool. And what about uh, for a consumer proposal? How does that how does that work uh, in terms of costs, etc.? Mm -hmm. Yeah, with a consumer proposal, it's you know perhaps even more straightforward. It, there's nothing additional that's charged to an individual when they file a consumer proposal. So the way a consumer proposal works is we'd say, well, here's the amount of debt that you have, and you know maybe that's a, a large amount of debt you can't afford to repay. We say, what can you afford to repay? So maybe it was. A, 
$30,000 debt and you can afford to repay $10,000. If your proposal is for $10,000, that's all that you pay. The trustee gets paid out of that amount. So if it was, you know, $300 over 36 months in, in broad terms there, that's all that you would pay is $300 on a monthly basis. The trustee is allowed to retain part of that payment for costs of administration, but there's nothing additional ever charged to the individual. So it's based on what you can afford to repay on the debts, full stop, no fees on top of that when you file a consumer proposal. Did you want to give some more examples of the kinds of costs for, for people doing a consumer proposal? Because I always find it so interesting. Oh, I was thought you'd never ask. I would love to. These are great examples. So, <laughs> yeah. and you know, these yeah. are all real people that we've dealt with over the last couple of months here. So, you know, one individual debts of forty-one thousand dollars. We're able to do a consumer proposal that reduced the debts by nearly fifty percent, and they're paying three hundred and fifty dollars a month over sixty months. So, just hugely life-changing to them. Uh, we had another person with a smaller amount of debt. Now, this was a payday loan, so this was nine thousand dollars now. But if we let this go for another year, it might be double based on the interest rates. Uh, we were able to cut their debt by 55%. So they were paying back $200 a month over a 24-month period. Uh, just one of the payday loans they had outstanding was higher than $200 a month, and they had about five or six of them. So this was just a huge saving to them. Wow. Uh, and we had a, a self-employed individual who had some debts of about $43,000, which included a bunch of money to Canada Revenue Agency. We were able to reduce their debt down to $230 a month over 60 months, which was about $0.30 cents on the dollar repayment. The balance of 70% of the debt was written off by the creditors. Um, and in closing, too, you know, I just want to remind everybody, like, just like the examples that you just talked about, everybody's situation is so different and so unique from each other that that's where Sands & Associates shine so well, is they'll sit down with you, work all of this out, looking at exactly what your situation is, and figure out the best path forward. Um, their phone number, it's easy, 1-800-661-3030 to get that sitting down with somebody and talking about this, the website sands-trustee.com is filled with good information. If you're not quite sure you want to take make that phone call, that will convince you it's the best uh, thing to do to move forward. You're listening to Dollars and Cents with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates, helping you get out of debt. You've been listening to Dollars and Cents. See you next time. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.